were both kind of chuckling because, well, one wearing green because it's St. Patrick's Day, right? But, you know, the title for today's discussion is Finding Joy in the Midst of Chaos. If you could have just seen our house the last, like, 15 minutes, Jeff's on a call. I'm trying to blow dry my hair. Like, my hair's wet in the back, but dry in the front. It was just mayhem for a while. We didn't do a good job. Well, I didn't do a good job on time management. That's okay, honey. So, this is going to be good still. Yeah, so here we are. So we are finding joy in the midst of chaos, mm -hmm. and we're kind of laughing at what just went on here for a while. So anyway, we are so glad to be with you today mm -hmm. on St. Patrick's Day. And as you know, um, when we're done with this discussion, we're going to be taking you into the kitchen. I've got everything ready to teach you how to make my world-famous corned beef hash. Yes, and it is world famous. Yeah, world famous. Like I walk down the streets and people are like, are you the lady who made that corned beef hash? That's not true. No, I'm lying. Okay. <laughs> but it's good. It is super really good. good. Yeah. The way I found this recipe is years ago, I was up in this kind of little hippie town in the mountains of Colorado, and I ordered this corned beef hash. And I, my first bite, I was like, whoa, that's like the best thing ever. And so, of course, I was like, I can make this. And I looked mm -hmm. in it, and I kind of figured out what was in it, and I've um, replicated the recipe that I love so much. So enough about my corned beef for now, okay? Um, but anyway, we, guys, I mean, it's, we all know, we don't have to say it, right? It's chaos. There's a lot going on. Things that I never expected to experience in my lifetime, really. Yeah. You know, I didn't. I didn't ever expect to feel kind of locked down and that there was a pandemic going on and that there was going to be shortages of things and people weren't going to be able to go to work. And so... You know, we wanted to kind of just be here for you, and, and that's my hope also with, you know, all the things that we're doing live at Faithful Workouts and, and how Jeff's reaching out to different people. We just want to be here for you. We don't necessarily have the answers, but you know what? We can tell you what we've learned along the way. And if you have some things to share, we'd love for you to comment and ask questions. I've got my computer here that I'll, I'll look at. Instagram, I'll have to check later. You can DM me. On Facebook, go ahead and comment below. Also, let us know you're listening. It's just kind of cool to know who's out there and, and that you're, you're with us, okay? Mm -hmm. um, and then when we call this finding joy in the midst of chaos, we are not for a moment trying to like minimize what's going on out there. We know for some of you, like you don't have work, you don't have a paycheck coming in and you're probably thinking, Really finding joy? No, I am just in absolute survival mode here. I'm not trying to find joy, Michelle. I'm surviving. Mm -hmm. But we really believe what we're going to share with you today, yes, we're calling it finding joy, but it's going to help you to survive this time, maybe even thrive a little bit, I promise you. And one thing I love about doing this with um, my husband, Jeff, is that I really do look at him as an expert in this field. He has been coaching um, individuals since back in 2007. Mm -hmm. um, and he's learned so much from the people he's talked to. And when I said to him, what did you do with this with me? I'm like, you are just so full of knowledge. You've experienced real life situations with people. And that's why you know he wrote the book, The Joy Model. But um, Jeff, I just wanted you to kind of start off by saying like, what is it that you, know, you found when you were kind of writing the book? What was it about joy that people wanted so much, even though they thought at times maybe it was purpose or different things, but what is it about joy? Um, tell me a little bit about the difference yeah. between joy and happiness and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, do, I do think like at the, the most fundamental level, the human heart is craving joy. And, and I, I did a lot of sort of 
primary research on this with people just through asking questions and anecdotally. When I ask people, you know, whatever you're pursuing, and you mentioned one of it, a lot of people are pursuing, what's my life purpose? And others are pursuing career goals and family goals and parenting goals and marriage goals and financial goals. And I'm always uh, been asking, so if you reach that, what would you hope to, to experience at a heart level? And, and the four words that kept coming up were contentment, fulfillment, peace, and joy. And joy was most common. Yeah. And so I think that's just what people are hoping all of their activity will lead to joy. Mm -hmm. And so the question is, what really is the pathway to it? And how do you experience joy in a way, to answer your second question, that's different from happiness? Happiness is, is linked to your circumstances. So um, when there's not a coronavirus and when there's everybody's got stable jobs and all this kind of stuff, um, you know, then people are happy. Mm -hmm. um, but how do you maintain a, a level of joy when things are sort of melting down around you at the practical level? And really, it's a bit of a hint there, is there's a spiritual realm. There's, a, there's an emotional and, and even mental realm, a paradigm of living in God's kingdom, seeing the world bigger yeah. than just down in the everyday situation of what's happening. Yeah, so you're seeing here the difference, you know, we're not expecting necessarily you to be happy right now, right. but we are, you can experience joy. And here's the thing with joy, people are like, come on, joy always? How, how could you even be suggesting joy right now? And the reason I'm suggesting it is, that is what God has told us, that we can rejoice always. You know, today is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Not when everything's perfect, but I can be glad and rejoice right here in the midst of it all. And um, as Jeff was writing the book on the joy model, he found, you know, as talking to a lot of people and helping them through this process, some really kind of practical things that you can do. Mm -hmm. And... In his book, one of the first things he talks about is the importance of having margin, having an opening in your calendar that allows you to do some of these practical and spiritual things he's going to talk about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so often people are like, I'm too busy for that. I'll look at that later. Well, you know what? For some of us, I know some of your life's just gotten crazy, but for some of us, we actually have been forced to have some margin in our life because we can't run from place to place anymore, we're home. And so Jeff, since people might have a little bit more yeah. margin or opening in their calendar, what would you suggest are some things they could start to do to really be able to experience that joy that we're feeling right now? Yeah, so, so yeah, Michelle's talking about margin. It's a part of the larger acrostic of what I call the master plan, M-A-S-T-E-R. So margin first, get the space in your calendar to do the next thing. And the A is abide, to abide. And really what that is, is to spend time with God, contemplating God, contemplating and studying his word. And there's lots of other ways to do this. But really why this is so important is that if you can get your, um, your mind and your heart connected to really know um, God is for us, he's not against us, that he has a larger plan in place, which, by the way, is a very simple plan. It's to, it's to uh, bring his love and his truth and his grace into believers so that through their actions, they will bring shalom back to this planet. Mm -hmm. This is all about we are the hands and feet. We, the human beings with the Holy Spirit inside of us, we are his plan A.
for bringing restoration back. And so spending time with him to understand that bigger plan and to believe it is super critical because the reason that can bring you joy is you could look at something like the coronavirus mm -hmm. and you realize, you know what? I don't know if this is coming from God or coming from Satan, but there might be a way to redeem it to, to, for his purposes to succeed. And so if your mind and heart is aligned with his mind and heart, you don't look at something like this as a problem, as a problem necessarily, as tragic as it is for some people and families. It's an opportunity. Yeah. And so to abide is a simple thing. Read the Bible. Um, you know, just double down on good sermons. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many awesome sermons online. You and I love Tim Keller. Yeah. There's just, um, there's just so many great books out there. You know, even like The Reason for God, another Tim Keller book. It's mm -hmm. fantastic. Abba's Child by Brennan Manning. Read it. Um, you know, and another thing, too, to abide, if there's a great book out there by Richard Foster on the spiritual disciplines, and he talks about all these spiritual disciplines, and some of them are very introspective. There's silence, solitude, prayer. But there's some that are very proactive, like worship and even service. You know, I just got off of a phone call now with a group of men in Evergreen that are trying to redirect these food supply chains locally from the, the, the restaurants that, that have all this food backed up in their supply chains mm -hmm. and to the consumer who can't get at food because the grocery stores are cleaned out. And I just got off that phone, like, I don't know if the thing's gonna work, but just to see a group of men get together and say, let's fix this problem and do it in the name of Jesus, that's bringing me joy. Yeah. And so there's lots of different practical things you can do. Yeah, and, and right now we are not even, like Jeff and I, if you've listened to us talk before, you know that we're really big on going and sharing our faith with others and all that. But the things we're talking about right now, they could appear that they're outward focused, but they're really inward focused. They're really about building you up because during a time like this, it's hard to go out and really share love and truth if you are just feeling fear and scared. So. I know maybe if you've listened to us before, that it could sound like you've said this before, but yeah. it's like, it's what we've got, guys. If you want to really experience joy, one of the things that is just gotta be part of your day is being with God. Mm -hmm. Spending time and um, listening to and watching the way Jesus lived and noticing how he handles situations, it, it, it's just a big deal. And then yeah. being able to even find purpose in it all um, and going out and thinking, you know, now, how can I serve others? That really fills you with joy. Yeah. I, the other thing I would say to that, too, is one thing that's been really cool about this is social media is kind of blowing up with great encouragement. I think from a lot of Christian perspectives, a lot of great Bible verses shared around fear and whatnot, and that's great. Um, but it's sort of like when you're on the airplane and the captain says, in the event of a loss of cabin pressure, mm -hmm. put your mask on first mm -hmm. and then help the other person. And so what are you doing to fill yourself up with love and confidence and joy and then distributing it out to others? And so we need to be distributing, but we need to be filling up. This is a supply chain yeah. <laughs> um, a metaphor again. We need to fill ourselves up. And so these are things that just... They just soak our brains and our hearts in the truth and in love. Mm -hmm. And then that just that just gives us this sense of, okay, this is not a good situation, but I can persevere because we know how the game ends. Yep. Yeah, and that's a big thing. And you know, you really it's like 
your soul, you need to kind of go, okay, what am I anchored in? What is my hope in? What is my, what am I believing is going to pull me out of this? And I love in Hebrews where it says, you know, that our faith in, in God is an anchor for our soul, that we really can remain a kind of here when the craziness is coming. Not to say you won't have moments where you're like, oh my, like, I mean, I've had those. Like, I'm a people person. I like inviting people to my home like every day. And this is hard for me to be like, hmm, okay, but I, I you know, this helps right now. I feel like I'm with you. You're in my home. Like, you know, so. And, and you've answered, you, you touched upon the third letter in the master plan. So mm -hmm. there's margin and then there's a by. And then there's this S around self-awareness, like Michelle said is to sort of like take inventory of your heart. Like, mm -hmm. how am I feeling right now? What does scripture say about that? And don't deny that you might be feeling fearful. Like, you might be like, well, Jeff and Michelle are talking about joy, so I have to deny my feelings of fear. It's like, no, let your fear be obvious and, and, and present it to God and say, God, you know, help with this. You know, either bring something into my heart or have something come through scripture or in a circumstance and let God heal you in that broken part. So, so knowing God through the abiding and then knowing yourself through the self-awareness, that's where his grace really goes from being theoretical to, oh, I'm fearful or I'm sad or I'm whatever. Yeah. And God's love actually applies in a very real, real way to your heart instead of just some theology. Yeah, you know, we did a Love Yourself Healthy Challenge not too long ago, and we talked a lot about how we can we should love ourselves, and so often we feel like we have to kind of present to God this beautiful per yeah. version of ourselves, then he'll love us. And when we have that mentality, it really stops us from loving ourselves as yeah. well. We have to just go, okay, God knows that I'm messed up. He knows we're all messed up. That was the whole point about Jesus, right? Yeah. And so we're all messed up, and so we can go to him and go like, hey, I'm really struggling with this guy. Can you help me? and help me to bring peace to my soul, help me to feel anchored in your truth and all of that, um, it's okay. It it's okay to acknowledge those feelings. And again, if you're a people person, plan some phone, like pick up the phone and call people. Jeff said like something like, hey, there's this really cool app on our phone nowadays that allows us to call people. Like, you, <laughs> you know, punch in some numbers, you can actually talk to them. You can to talk them. to them. It's, it's like a cool crazy. app. Yeah, <laughs> but you can't like, Start calling people more. Maybe that will help you with that, you know? And if, if you're someone who loves to learn, set up, you know, set up a plan. Like, what are some things I really want to dive into that I've never had time to learn before? Again, it's all about getting some joy going. Yeah. And and now this is for those of you that have margin. Because there's a lot of yeah. people all of a sudden find, I got a ton of time. And there's other people like, that's easy for you. I've got like six kids or whatever. I've got a bunch of little kids or even teenagers. They're in the house. This is not quiet time central. Yeah. Believe me, Jeff and I have talked. We're feeling your pain. <laughs> like, we get it. In 2003, we had one week where we had a snowstorm that we were completely locked in our house, not going anywhere with three little kids. It's a whole different thing yeah. than now. And so, yeah. I'm, if that's hard on you, I mean, I'm sure there's some good things that are coming from it. Yeah. I get it. Like, just lower your expectations. That's <laughs> what I say. Like, expectation reality, too big of a gap. But I think there are some solutions to that, too. Um, we had we had in one of my men's groups we brainstormed with a couple of the dads to they're saying you know we're working out of the house my wife and i we've got four kids mm -hmm. like we're really concerned actually there's three kids we're really concerned about this and so we brainstormed some of the ideas were schedule time this is fun time this is reading time this is nap time this is bible study time this is game time whatever yeah um and and so 
it's it's not going to be easy but it could be like a really special season maybe in hindsight when you look mm -hmm. back say wasn't that a great x number of weeks maybe maybe <laughs> but anyway so um but also i would continue even in the midst of that find the time to nurture your own yeah. soul if, for sure so it's not just family time and serving the kids and I was thinking today, I said to Jeff, you know, cooking for me comes pretty easily. And I was like, I wish I could go and just bring food to these moms who are now homeschooling and, 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 and probably, you know, struggling to get everything done. So mm -hmm. if you live in Evergreen and you need a meal, I'm your lady. <laughs> All right, let's go on to the next letter. So we got sure. margin, abide, yeah. self-awareness, teeth. Yeah. So then out of that, out of that process starts to come this really it's the fruit of the spirit you move from fear to love patience joy goodness kindness faithfulness gentleness self-control um you you move through that and then it's like okay how do i go express that and so the t stands for um temple and treasure the idea with the temple is this is michelle's big deal is I as, love temple. <laughs> but as you filled up on the holy spirit it resides inside your physical body and so are, are you in shape physically to mm -hmm. be able to steward that and be the hands and feet so you take it from there yeah and, and also just to like like for me i i am you know pretty good about exercising all the time and all that stuff <laughs> <laughs> i just love, i do love it but I, even for me i was saying today like hey you know what when we're back to normal schedule and everything i'm going to be in the best shape of my life not just of my 57th year but of my entire i'm going to I'm gonna get fit and strong because you know what? I know when I'm feeling good, I have more energy, I sleep better, and all these things that really do kind of affect the way you go out and, and love others. And so I'm just making it a big goal. If you have any extra time on your hand, or if you have kids at home right now and you need to get a movement, you know, exercise as a family. Put on one of our videos. Let them hear about Jesus and get their body in good shape because it will. It isn't something we are to um, steward our body. But it also, it just feels good to feel good. And this might be an opening in your schedule. You can really commit to exercising. And, you know, I was telling my one friend, I'm like, you, you need to make this part of your, your kind of routine. And she's like, well, I don't want it to become an idol or anything. I'm like, I get that. But I'm asking you to give 220 minutes out of the 10,880 you have in a week mm -hmm. to exercise. All right. So there's my plug. There you go. And then the other one, the T, the second T is, uh, is treasure. It's just, what do you do with your money? And this really does correspond back to the self-awareness. Mm -hmm. It's like, what is my relationship with money? Is it, do I say that God's my provision? But actually it's sort of money plus God's blessing on top of it. Um, and so to really, to, to get your theology of money and your psychology of money figured out, and then to realize, well, how can I take, if you're blessed to have some surplus, and, and leverage that to help the less needy, either through your church or other organizations, or just one of our favorite things is like to give it to a specific person that's working on a specific project. That mm -hmm. we like that more mm -hmm. than just into an organization. And so, um, so treasure and temple, that's for the T. Yeah, and so I just wanna say something about those two things right there because if you've been around us, you know, we have an online program, an online membership, and it also includes an app. And I'm giving it away for free, guys, to everybody for a month because I know a lot of the gyms are closed down and everything. And I also know right now, 
money for some people might be extremely tight. Yeah, I heard that today. Yeah, I can't even imagine how people are making it through. But you know what? You can have it free for a month. And I mean this from my heart, guys. If it's $5.97 a month, $5.97 a month after that. But if you're struggling and that's too much, send me an email. I'll give it to you for free as long as you need it because this is so important that we take care of ourselves. It's something that I feel God has literally entrusted me in or trusted me with is this ability to help people with cooking and exercising in Jesus. And if I don't want money to ever get in the way, so I it, go do it, faithfulworkoutsplan.com. Sign up, free for a month. Can't afford it after that. Email, I'll get you it so you don't have to pay. That's a good deal. Okay, E. So E is engage in your calling. Now, calling has been sort of manipulated in the Christian world. It's like, what's my calling? What's my purpose? And everybody thinks of a specific profession or a specific role. And that, that is true. Yeah. But there's a general calling for Christians, and then there's a specific priest calling. So let's talk about the general calling. Yeah, I think we should for today, leave it probably just at the general calling. Sure, let's so do that. So you go ahead and talk about that. I'm going to yeah. go look and see if anybody has any questions. Good point. So you go right. ahead. So general, the first, the, the general calling for everybody is we're being called to be loved and then to be loving. That's the general calling. And so it's got really nothing to do with your context, your work, your platform, your, your, your whatever. It's bloom where you're planted. Be loving you know, out of the power of the, the resident Christ inside of you to the people around you. So that's really, we're all called to do that primarily. Um, and, and to just look around with, you know, as scripture says, the, the mind and the eyes of Christ. And just like, who needs my skills and my gifting where I can help? And sometimes it's below your pay grade. It's just go help somebody with whatever. And so, um, so that's a, that's the first step around the general calling is we're called to be loved. That's just to receive God's love, let it fill us up. And guys, you got to move it from head to heart, and then to distribute that by being loving to those around you. Yeah, guys. Again, if I'm just going to be here looking. It's a little bit of a delay, but if you have anything that you want to ask us questions on or anything even, um, you know, put in here later that we can pray on for you, just let us know. So that's why I'm looking at this. I'm not ignoring my husband as he's talking. <laughs> Are there any um, questions? Um, I don't see any right now, but okay. for some reason, you can't see all the comments either. Okay. So I'll keep looking. But um, so we all have a purpose, guys. And that's one of the things to honestly, for me, what brings me this unbelievable joy is knowing that each day is really a gift and if god still has me here on earth that means he's got a plan for me um my dog mojo is right down here and he's getting really really old and and so when he when i wake up in the morning and i see him still alive i literally go mojo we get another day he's uh, he's right there. and so you know what guys you get another day who knows what tomorrow will bring but today we get another day here on earth. And while we're here, we do have a purpose. And our purpose is to love people and love God and to bring people towards him. I don't know. I, I just feel like even with this coronavirus, it gives maybe people more of an open heart and open ear so I can find this even greater sense of joy yeah. in knowing that I, I agree I'm that. here. It, it, it's Guys, I'm telling you. It makes such a difference. There, I, I do think if you look back through history and you study human nature as well, mm -hmm. prosperity hardens the heart. 
it hardens the heart to people. It hardens the heart to God because you think you're all in control. Uh-huh. Um, but in times of trial, I think it, it's humbling. It softens us up. I'm already seeing just like this bubbling up of compassion in the world. That's yeah. just really a beautiful thing to see. And so, so again, God, God could use something as disastrous as this kind of out of control mm-hmm. virus and the death and the pain. He could use it for his larger purposes and for his glory. And it's his call. He's God, yeah. not us. And we're just here to cooperate with what's happening. What do we, again, whether it's from God or it's from Satan, there's no need to get wrapped around the axle on that. But more is, okay, what do we need to go do? Yeah. You know, who cares of the cause? What do we need to do now to help people? Mm-hmm. And because we've filled ourselves up and we've abided and we're becoming more self-aware, we're taking care of our temple, it makes it easier to go then and engage in that yeah. in that process. And yeah. so take us through the last one. Yeah, we're on the team. We're on we're like one of the Marvel superheroes, you know? We get to cooperate with God to go <laughs> do this stuff. That's fun in itself Yeah. and joyful. So the R is really relationship. So this is a little bit more zeroed in than just the broad general calling about loving your coworkers or whatnot. Uh, or your neighbors, it's really your family relationships. You know, how you doing with your mom, your dad, your your husband, your wife, your kids, your brothers, your sisters. Um, are you are you really investing in those relationships and uh, burying hatchets when hatchets need to be buried, mm-hmm. having hard conversations when mm-hmm. hard conversations need to be had? Um, I just think in 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 my research and in my coaching over the last decade plus. Some of the greatest areas of self-induced joylessness come from people just not managing relationships mm-hmm. with a clean heart and clear conscience and some courage. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. Um, and so, so really paying attention to these relationships and knowing when sometimes loving is being lovey-dovey and sometimes loving is being pretty tough. And, and praying and discerning, okay, where do I go with this? How, what's the right strategy now to advance our relationship and to help this person? So R is a big thing, relationships. Yeah, and I'm one who just believes the most loving thing that I can do for someone that I'm in relationship mm-hmm. with is to tell them about Jesus. It really is. And I mean, you have to use, you know, some, listen to the Holy Spirit. You have to kind of be in tune to what's going on in their life. But, you know, with all that's going on to say to someone you know how are you doing with all this how are you you know and if they come back and say you know god i'm just so scared what about this to be like i get it this is a hard time you know i'm so thankful that i can even find some peace in this and and they might you know maybe they'll say well what do you mean well you know i really believe that god's got a plan and i and you go on and it i'm telling you it's never been easier to open up a conversation about the things that really matter than when this is going on. True. So, um, you know, if if you really believe the most loving thing that you can do is to tell someone about Jesus, do it. It's not, the results are in his hands. So I just feel like that's, for me, when it comes to relationships, um, yeah, you need to nurture, you need to be loving, but also when I'm dealing with people, it's, I got Jesus, and that's what I, I know you need. So 
That's neat. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. So, so that guys, would be a love tank. Yeah. <laughs> so, that, well, anything else, Jeff, that you wanted to share about Joy, or is that? Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. The buy part, Jeff's book. Which Jeff, did you bring a copy? No. Okay, he has a book <laughs> called The Joy Model. You can get it on Amazon. Anyway, he talks a lot about being with God and how important that is, and then that directs our doing. And so often we just go and try to do, and so that's a big part of what you talk about. Yeah, and I think the other thing too is the key to joy is it's, it shouldn't be your focus. Your focus should be on God, what he's done, what he's trying to do, and how you're interacting with him. If you stay focused there, joy is a byproduct. One of my favorite old hymns has this great line. It says, cast your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Wow. Isn't that beautiful to think about, guys? You want to experience joy? It's Focus it's, on Christ. Yeah, focus on him. You know, Jeff and I just completed this um, couple days where we were really in a session on family values and, and how do we instill these values on our children mm -hmm. and what are stories that can kind of back up our values. It was a really cool exercise that we went through. And one of the things that we got talking about um, was that when Jeff's dad was dying, there were so many um, amazing things that happened, such a gathering of family and all that. And Joe loved his family, Jeff's dad, so much. Mm -hmm. But he said, as it was getting near the end, he said, you know, um, your million dollar homes, your cars, they don't matter. The only thing that matters is securing your place in the kingdom of heaven and relationships and family. And you know what? The truth is, when there's a coronavirus going on, I can still do that. I can mm -hmm. still love God well and love people well. I can do that when things are going awesome. I can do that when things are going bad. And that's all that really matters. His other friend, Greg Murtha, who we just love dearly, when he, he called Jeff one day and, and said, Jeff, he died um, of cancer a couple of years ago, but um, before he died, he almost died. Yeah, and he, yeah, he had a heart attack and I mean, all sorts of stuff. But anyway, he called Jeff and he said, you know, I thought I was taking my last breath, Jeff. And when it comes down to it, the only thing that matters Jesus and relationships. These are two people we love, love dearly that have said this as they um, knew that their life was coming to an end. Mm -hmm. And when you live that way, the stuff around you starts to fade as how it, how it can impact you. Because I can nothing, no one can take away God from my heart and my desire to love others. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's what Paul talks about. He says. I've learned how to live with content, whether I'm abased, which means things are falling off <laughs> the edge of the earth, or I'm abounding, things are great. He's just learned how to find that contentment, and you can do it too. If your mind is just fixed on God and his truth and his love through Christ and his power through the Holy Spirit, it's available, it really is. It's no joke. People keep saying, well, is it really that easy? And it's like, yeah, the thing is, nobody does it. <laughs> Not enough people do it. See, I think C.S. Yeah. Lewis says, or G.K. Chesterton said, Christianity has not been tried and found wanting. Mm -hmm. It's found to not be tried. And I can't remember the rest. <laughs> but people don't try it, and you should try it. Spend some time to, to raise up your connection 
with Christ. I can't remember the other. That's all right. Any other? Any other? Uh, I, you know, for some reason, I'm only able to see about four things at a time, so I can't see the comments. <laughs> Somebody did say that the volume's a little bit low. Sorry about that. If you're having a hard time hearing, we'll talk a little louder. And I'm going to close this session with just a couple lines because when Jeff was talking about a song, here's a song lately that I've been kind of singing in my mind, and it's just a couple lyrics. The song's called "Live What I Believe." These are the days for the children of faith to stand up and be counted. Now is the time for the light in us to shine on who's ever around it. One day can be the proof of the hope that is you. I'm going to live what I believe. I'm going to stay. I'm going to walk that line. If it costs me everything, I'm going to stand for what is right so that everyone can see it's Jesus that they need. I'm going to live what I believe. So now is the time, guys, to live that way. Um, but it's also the time to get my corned beef recipe. St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, so I'm gonna, we're gonna, don't get dizzy, we're gonna move the camera and move the light around, okay. and um, then I'll start, so stay there for a second, guys, we'll see. Okay. Here we go, and then you grab that light. You got it. Okay, right over, sorry, Mojo, I'm trying to go above a dog. Okay, Mojo. here we go. <laughs> there it is. I might need you to adjust these, possibly. Okay. But we'll see how those look. Okay, so I'll do this kind of quickly, guys. Um, I've got it all ready to go here. All right, what you do to make the best corned beef hash, and then what the two secret ingredients are that make my hash different than other hash. So what you do is you take, I like to use like a nice big um, wrought iron pan, and you put some oil in that pan, and get it nice and hot. Then you're going to add one cup of chopped onion. And when I'm talking chopped on these things, guys, I want you to chop it pretty fine because what makes the hash so good is to get these different flavors all kind of on your fork at one time, okay? So one cup of onions. Put them in the pan. Let them get kind of nice and caramelized. Now the next thing you're going to do is you'll see here I have one sweet potato, one regular potato. I'm going to take the potato and I'm just again, again, cut it up into little pieces, just like that. So everything's in little pieces and I'm going to put that into the pan. All right. That's pretty much kind of common when it comes to hash. Uh, the thing again with the onions, though, let me just say, get them golden brown. Like you want them kind of caramelizing. You don't want them just barely cooked and softened. Caramelize, then put in your potatoes, cook them for a little bit until they get just slightly crispy. All right. Secret ingredient, celery. I have one cup here of celery. Then once that's done, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna put my celery in, stir it around, and then cover it for five minutes, all right? Now my potatoes are partially cooked, not all the way, because we don't want them getting too mushy. Okay, with me? Next thing, two cups corned beef, and I want little pieces, guys, just tiny little pieces of corned beef in there. Stir it all up, okay, your corned beef, is already cooked. Now, if you don't want to cook up a corned beef, go to the deli and buy like a pound chunk of it and ask them not to slice it for it, just give you the chunk. And then the last thing, dill. Don't miss the dill. I'm telling you, this is another game changer. So you go ahead and sprinkle about a teaspoon or you can use fresh dill in. Stir it all up and then if you want, you can put some poached eggs on top of it or just have it like that. So that's it. It's a simple thing to make, especially if you have your corned beef already cooked. And I hope you enjoy it. Let me know if you give it a try and how it tastes. All right, so that's it for today. Thanks so much. I hope that you really do experience joy during this time and that 
you like the corned beef hash. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye.